Hello and welcome to Three Stooges Throwback. I am your host, Gabriel Russo, and this is a podcast where we look back at the brilliance, I'm going to say, of the Three Stooges. I love them, you love them, we love them. They've lasted all these many years, low these many years, and there's a reason for that. I would say that nowadays the Three Stooges are more better remembered than the Marx Brothers, better remembered than Laurel and Hardy. They've outlived many of their contemporaries through television and just, well, mostly through television, I guess. And the fact that they're shorts. The Marx Brothers, the long, the features are sometimes a slog to get through. It's a lot of time to commit to, uh, you know. So, not to take anything away from any other comedy team, but to build up the Three Stooges. Like I said, this is the podcast where we look through, we look back at each, each short in some sort of detail. I am your host, Gabriel Russo. This week's episode, or this this episode's episode, Punch Drunks, which was filmed May 2nd through the 5th in 1934 and released July 13th, 1934. It starts out with different music. We still don't have the, uh, the Three Stooges, uh, Three Blind Mice <laughs> uh, kind of uh, music yet. It's actually a tune called I Thought I Wanted You, which is uh, written by the director of the previous short. So this is the first film that the Stooges are given uh, credit for, story, or given story credit for. This is uh, directed by Lou Breslow, produced by Jules White. Once again, he shows up many times, many times throughout the career of the uh, Three Stooges, and we'll get more into him. Lou Breslow, like I said, he directed the uh, he directed this one. He wrote for seventy films between nineteen twenty eight and nineteen fifty five. He also directed seven films, one of which is Punch Drunks. He directed um, a Blondie movie, Blondie Goes to College, in nineteen forty two. He directed these are just some highlights. Uh, a Haunting We Will Go, which is a Laurel and Hardy film. Abbott and Costello in Hollywood, 1945. And in 1951, he directed the famous or infamous Bedtime for Bonzo, starring, you guessed it, Ronald Reagan. So back to Punch Drunks. Like I say, this is the first one where the boys are given credit. Uh, Mo actually had the idea for the story. And uh, when he gave it to executives at Columbia, they liked it so much that they rushed... Uh, production of the short so yeah and then the, the rest the other the other guys helped flesh it out and they're given story credit on this it uh it's about 17 minutes long basically the plot oh it uh it stars uh dorothy granger and the boys she was in a couple of stooges films she uh well we'll get to it we uh we it, it opens on uh moe's the promoter uh, the Stooges are not a trio. This is one of several Stooge films where they're not, you know, they're not working together in the in the in the beginning. They're not like traveling together. They all have separate stories and just kind of get thrown together, like the first, like Woman Haters, the first short. So they're not a trio. Moe's a promoter, a fight promoter, and his investors and the champ are there, and they're wondering what's going to happen in the next fight, what's going on. Uh, Curly walks in. He's in a tux. He, uh, he does a quick change and pulls out, you know, pulls out his front tails and into a uh, an apron and does a quick change into a waiter. 
kind of a funny thing. Yogi walks up to take their order, and he uh, and Mo orders four slices of burnt toast and a rotten egg. Curly says, "What? Four slices of burnt toast and a rotten egg? Why?" And Mo says, "I got a tapeworm, and that's good enough for him." <laughs> so uh, Larry walks in shortly thereafter. He's looking to uh, busk and play the play the the violin for the restaurant. This is one of nine shorts in which Larry gets to play the violin. He was an expert violinist. He's from Philadelphia. Go, go, Larry. Um, actually, when you take the tour of in Philadelphia, there's um, on the side of one of the buildings, the building where he grew up, or at least the spot where he grew up. I don't know if it's the same building. But on the side of the building, there is a mural of Larry Fine's face. Uh, I grew up in Philadelphia, and uh, we took the tour there when I went back not long ago, and that was kind of fun. But uh, he had an issue. He had some kind of issue with his uh, muscles or nerves in his arms. Playing the violin was, was good for that. So, and he ended up becoming basically like a violin virtuoso. And uh, that's where he worked before becoming a stooge. He was, um, he played the violin in a, a comedy act with a couple of ladies. So anyway, Larry walks in to play the violin for this restaurant. Curly walks back in to the, the, they took the order and he tells the table that they can't have hamburger because the meat's too fresh. <laughs> they beat him up. You know, which is problem solving in 1934, I guess. The four guys just jump on Curly and beat the hell out of him. <laughs> Larry sees this and uh, starts to play a tune to accompany the fight. He plays uh, Pop Goes the Weasel. <laughs> uh, Curly, unbeknownst to anyone, when Curly, whenever Curly hears the tune, Pop Goes the Weasel, he loses it and goes bananas. This is the first time in which there's several shorts where Curly is either, uh, you know, normally passive Curly either sees or hears or smells something that triggers a violent reaction from him. It's used again in several other shorts. Uh, horses, horses collars, grips, grunts, and groans, and tassels in the air. So Pop Goes the Weasel was uh, originally they were going to use the song... Uh, supposed to be Stars and Stripes Forever by John Philip Sousa, but that was still owned by the Sousa estate, whereas Pop Goes the Weasel was royalty-free. There's also some talk about Larry Fine changing it to Pop Goes the Weasel because that was a better comedy um, song when played on the violin. It sounded better. So he plays the song, and it turns Curly into a monster. He knocks out everybody. Promoter Moe stands up. And, you know, Curly comes kind of, he doesn't remember what happens, you know. And he looks and he says, did I do that to uh, to Mo?" And they say that Urkel in uh, Family Matters, years and years later, would was the basis for his line, did I do that? So who knows if that's true or not. So Curly says, did I do that? He has no memory of the fight. It's the first time in Stooges shorts that Curly says, I'm a victim of circumstance. So now Mo grabs Larry and Curly. He says, you're going to be a fighter, and I need you too. So he grabs Larry, and the three of them go off to train Curly. <laughs> They're training Curly, and he's sweating, and he sits to take a break, and Mo holds up the water. He's here, kid. Huh? And he drinks the water and sets it aside, and Curly never does get a drink. Um, Curly's boxing name in this is K.O. Stradivarius, which is pretty funny. This, you know, Stradivarius violin. This is the first time again that uh, that we hear the woo woo woo. No, it's not the first time that we hear the woo woo woo. That was in the first, but the first time he does it in this short, when uh, when Larry first plays Pop Goes the Weasel, that 
that recording of that time. They recorded and reused as stock footage in several uh, future Curly Shorts, you know, when they needed coverage or whatever. Um, that was the that was the line they that was the recorded version of the woo 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 that they used. So we finally here comes the damsel in distress where we meet uh, Dorothy Granger. She is uh, her star her car is stuck in a ditch. She says Mo walks up to her and says. Uh, I'm in, she says, I'm in a terrible dilemma. And Mo says, well, I don't like foreign... I don't care for foreign cars either. That's <laughs> just a funny little line. So Dorothy Granger stars in this one. She gets she becomes the uh, foil or whatever, the, the damsel in this one. She was an actress most best known for all her short subject work in Hollywood. Her father took her to meet Hal Roach in 1930, who was testing for an uh, upcoming comedy series. And that's how she kind of broke in. She worked with Laurel and Hardy. She worked with W.C. Fields and The Dentist. Uh, she did two Stooges shorts, Punch Drunks and Termites of 1938. Worked with Charlie Chase, Andy Clyde, Harry Langdon, uh, Joe Dorita before he was a Stooge later on, as well as on TV with Abbott and Costello. So, yeah, she had a long... She was in a Dick Tracy uh, feature, Dick Tracy versus Q-Ball. So she had a nice run. So they meet her to help get her out. They go and, uh, you know, they need they need uh, Curly to hulk out, basically. Why is Larry in the water, I have written down in my notes here. <laughs> when they when they turn around to see Larry, now Mo pushes Larry, but they never see him. They never show him, you know, falling into the water. And the next time you see Larry, he's actually, like, standing on his head in the water. So they go get him, and they make him play the violin. Curly lifts the car. She's really making, she likes Larry, you can tell. She's really making eyes at Larry. So then there's a montage of K.O. Stradivarius beating everyone, all, winning all his fights, and Larry playing the violin and Pop Go the Weasel playing. Finally, we get to the title fight. Curly's going to fight the champ. The champ was played by Al Hill. As an interesting little bit of trivia is when the referee is introducing Curly, you can see an audience member giving the finger to the camera. And so the censors of the day obviously missed that one. So before the fight, we got uh, we've got Granger... Dorothy Granger is in the dressing room with Curly. Uh, she's apparently with Curly now. He leaves. Larry walks in, and she swoons for Larry and, you know, makes the eyes for him, and Moe dumps ice on top of Larry's head. It's funny. That's the second time both both of the shorts now that they've done two shorts, and the, the women in it are both, uh, you know, the women can't seem to make up their mind, which they're seeming to make, like, I guess, back in the day, in the 30s, they thought, oh, women were just flighty, and any man who pays attention to them is the one that they'll make eyes at, which is just, that must be the prevailing wisdom of the day. <laughs> so, Curly is asleep during the fight's intro, then he gets introduced, that's when we see the guy give the finger. Uh, Curly walks out and gives the ref an apple, which is just a nice little piece of business. The timekeeper looks like, uh, I don't know if he is, but I couldn't find you know, which of the actors played the timekeeper, but he looks like one of the gangsters that's like in the later, you know, used later in the Stooges films. So the fight, you know, the champ just knocks the crap out of Curly. He falls into Larry and breaks the violin, because that's the plan. Larry's going to play the Stradivariat, play the violin, and uh, Larry runs off. He runs forever down the street. Curly at one point gets hit. And just tries to walk. He looks at the champ and just turns around. So he's like, no. And just 
goes to get out of the ring like, no, I've had enough, and walks away. I thought that was a good piece of business, too. Like I said, Larry just runs and runs and runs forever. Finally, he comes across a, a store selling radios that uh, is playing, just happens to be playing Pop Goes the Weasel. He steals the radio and runs back. So we get back to the, or so we, you know, cut back to the uh, fight, and the timekeeper is asleep, and Curly's just getting the crap knocked out of him. There's a kid there eating candy. Mo takes some of the kid's candy and throws it at the bell, ringing the bell, so the timekeeper wakes up and doesn't know. So then for the rest of the short, there's a, a subplot, basically, where he's, uh, that might be a bit strong, where he's, uh, the kid is throwing candy at the bell, trying to get the, trying to ring the bell each time that, you know, when at the end of the round, the beginning of the round, just trying to mess with the timekeeper, which is kind of, you know, that's pretty funny. But it was, I thought it was odd, you know, where did this kid get front row tickets from? So, at one point, uh, Curly hurts his hand, KO Stradivarius, and it, it, uh, it swells up, and they've got this gigantic boxing glove on one hand. You know, it's very cartoonish. <laughs> Larry finally gets back to the, uh, he finally runs back in, and just as soon as he sets the radio down and Curly starts to mount the Hulk Hogan-like comeback, the song ends. Larry takes off again, down the street. Now, now uh, Curly is really just getting his clock cleaned. So uh, it takes Larry forever. Again, he finally stumbles across a truck with a loudspeaker on top that for this politician. He's playing Pop Goes the Weasel, and he steals the truck, drives off. And actually, as, as he drives off, the man falls off the back of the truck and breaks his leg in real life, which is kind of kind of rough. Oh, the other thing, just another little quick aside, is that uh, Curly actually gets a bloody nose and a cut lip during the fight scene with Al Hill, who plays Killer Kilduff in the in the in this picture. Larry steals the truck, and here he comes barreling down the road, and he crashes right through the uh, right into the building where the fight is. Curly reacts by going crazy. The, the ref is counting him out. He's just about to lose the fight, and uh, Curly reacts by jumping up. He, the song's still playing. He jumps up. He knocks the champ out. Cut away. Cut back to the ring. And uh, literally everyone is knocked out. All the corner men, the ref, <laughs> the, the champ. Or, yeah, the champ. Everyone but Mo and Larry. And, uh, yep, Curly eventually can't take it. Knocks out Curly, or knocks out Larry and Mo. And the cheese stands alone. Um, Curly is there standing at the end. Um, and that's the end. That's the end of the short. Uh, in 2002, Punch Drunks was selected for preservation into the United States National Film Registry by the Library of Congress as being, quote, culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant, unquote. The only Stooge film to achieve such an honor, which is very interesting. It's their second short, you know. It's, I wonder if it's why it is so significant. I thought that, uh, I mean, they really do show real life. He runs down the street, but a lot of them do that. I think this is one of the better ones. This is a really fondly, as far as I'm concerned, a really fondly remembered short. This is a classic, and it was Punch Drunks, 1934. So thank you for downloading the episode. I'm going to have some guests uh, watch these shorts with me, and then we'll talk about them. I know my daughter is definitely going to do that. 
I've been taking, it just started, so if you're interested, you can probably still get on it. It's still week one right now. By the time this is out, it may be week two. But through uh, Turner Classic Movies, through TCM.com, and uh, Canvas Network. Canvas Network is the slapstick. TCM presents Painfully Funny, exploring slapstick in the movies. And so I started, uh, just started watching the first couple of videos. They showed the very first slapstick scene on film, and it's uh, in 1898 or something where the guy, he's watering his lawn. Guy sneaks up behind him and crimps the hose. Guy looks down at the hose, what the hell, no water. Just looks, puts the hose right in his face. The guy takes his foot off. The guy gets a you know, face full of water. <laughs> and and it ends with him chasing him around and spraying him with the hose. So, but they're going to go all through the history of film. Apparently, you know, we're going to start with Chaplin and all that, and and Harry Langdon and 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 uh, some of the others. So I think that that's pretty interesting. And so my daughter, who was ten, uh, she saw me watching the video and I showed her, and she's interested in at least seeing some of the videos as long as they're short. And she likes the Three Stooges. So she's definitely going to, uh, she's interested in the podcast. Which, once again, thank you for downloading. Uh, this is the sister podcast to Hollywood Scandals of Yesteryear, H-S-O-Y podcast. You can follow me. My name is Gabriel Russo. You can follow me on Twitter at G-R-U-S-S-O-1971. Check me out on Facebook at the Hollywood Scandals of Yesteryear page. You can uh, go to podomatic.com if you have, for all your podcasting needs. If you have anything you want to talk about or that you're passionate about, go to Podomatic and record a podcast and put it up. It'll be free. Just do it. It's fun. People will listen. I'll listen. Send me a link. I'll listen to it. Please go to iTunes.com. Why do I always do that? Please go to iTunes. And leave the show a review, please, a five-star review. If it's anything less than that, just please keep it to yourself. I guess that's it. So once again, for the Old Time Shows and Movies Network, I guess. <laughs> Gabe's Old Time Shows and Movies Network. That's a lot. That's a lot in your mouth. That's a mouthful. And be on the lookout for the next episode of the Three Stooges Throwback, featuring the episode Men in Black which is one of the most, probably one of the best-remembered Stooges uh, shorts. But we'll get into that next time. I almost forgot. Um, information for this episode was gleaned from Wikipedia, the Three Stooges Wikia, Three Stooges IMDB page, and the Punk Punch Drunks IMDB, IMDB page as well. Uh, thanks again for downloading. Bye. Bye.